Hello everyone, I'm Dana Stewart-Bullock and this is Transformational Therapeutics. In today's podcast, I will be talking about relationship. I will, of course, first define it and then talk about how to see relationship in a new way, a way that originates in the definition of relationship itself. Relationship comes from the combination of relate and ship. Relate is from the Latin refere, which means to bring back, carry back, and ship means condition of being, a state or a skill. So this has to do with the back and forth or connection, which is inherent in the definition of the word itself. It carries a sense of movement and reciprocity, almost like an oval or a figure eight that connects two people, two beings, to anything that creates a feedback loop. That feedback loop is one of reciprocity. Reciprocity means the practice of exchanging things with others for mutual benefit. Reciprocity comes from the root meaning moving backwards and forwards. Again, that sense of movement. Joining me today is my dear friend, Rebecca Doring, a healer in her own right. So welcome. Hi, Dana. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. Today we are talking about relationship. Yes. So I assume it's relationship, not relationships. Correct. It's it's the principle of relationship, which then comes into relationships, which I'll get into later, but it's mostly understanding the principle of relationship. Interesting. So what's the definition of relationship? Well, the word relate means to make or show a connection between, and its origin is from the Latin which means to bring back or to carry back. And for me, that is really important because relationships to succeed really require what is known as reciprocity, which is a back and forth circling between two beings. Hmm. So it requires the bring back, the carry back. So something gets sent out and then something gets carried back between two people. And that comes from the actual definition of the word relate. The word ship comes from Old English, which is condition of being or state. So the word relationship actually means the bringing back or the carrying back between two people, some sort of condition of being or a state of being. So it's connecting and having a back and forth between two people. Interesting. So how does this definition help change your perception on relationship and how does that help in regard to transformational therapeutics? For me, relationship is a really vital concept and it has so much to do with connection and reciprocity and back and forth. And I don't remember how many podcasts I've done so far, but this is a time to really bring it together to the different subjects that I've talked about. And so I'll be using the words of some of the podcasts I've already recorded. And for me, the relationship itself, the language that is used within a relationship, has to do with really using language as a way of healing. Remember, transformational therapeutics is a healing paradigm or a philosophy, thus the word therapeutic. And in relationship, within a relationship is oftentimes when healing happens. It's with another being that we get to heal ourselves. How so? It's in the interaction between myself and another being, 
could be an animal or a human being, that I then have a mirror or a feedback loop with another that gives me a different way of seeing myself. That isn't as easy to do by yourself. For sure. What kinds of things come up in a relationship that can help you see yourself differently? Well, I think the most important thing for me is, and and I'm going to talk about finding commonality with someone else. And the commonality that you find is the bridge. And the commonality can be in the language or it can be in the commitment to relate. A relationship itself can become a container. I, I just did a podcast on containers. The relationship itself within that container and within that relating, healing can happen. Because in that container, hopefully one feels safe. Now, if you're not safe in a relationship, that's a whole nother ball of wax. Because of what's happening in the world today, people are not, I don't believe many people are growing, are not growing within their relationships. And for me, relationship is an area where we can all grow and heal. Interesting. I want to back up a little bit so that what you had said that um, a relationship provides provides maybe a commonality. Yes. And just even the relationship itself can be a source of a commonality. Well, I, I think it's more the commitment to relate uh, yes. that causes the, the containment in which common ground can be found. Right. So if you identify a friendship as thus, this is a friendship that's a commitment to relate to one another, which creates a safe container. And in that commitment, first of all, people have to commit inside of themselves to to that relationship. But in the definition friendship, that will be a different relationship than a marriage, which is also a container. Sure. There are many different kinds of containers, you know, a work relationship. And with them goes the definition inherent in, for instance, friendship. It's a different definition than in marriage. Sure. And then each container could create different opportunities for healing. Of different aspects of yourself. Right. And each person, I mean, for instance, if I have a relationship with a male, will be different from a relationship with a female. And that offers different opportunities for growth and healing for me. Sure. Two males, two females. I mean, it just depends. Right, someone older, someone younger, someone same age in a... Someone related, someone not related, a stranger or working... Or in a relationship with someone that you are the authority or the teacher or the guide or or vice versa. If you are more of the student, then that could heal, bring an opportunity to heal that part of yourself. And I think it's really important. I'm glad you brought that up because each relationship will have a definition within it and will have uh, an inherent power structure. For instance, a parent, the power structure between a parent and a child is very different from the structure between two friends. And inherent in that differentiation of power is that the parent, because they have more power, it's inherent in them to use their power wisely with the child, the relationship with the child, with their child. Same with the teacher. I mean, anytime there is a, um, a power differential within a relationship, the person who has more power in the relationship, for instance, a teacher, a parent, a boss, it's incumbent upon them to understand that power and to use it wisely. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, and that's a common discussion that we have 
in within yoga teachers, within meditation teachers of acknowledging the responsibility of that role. And you could be bringing up opportunities for your students to heal some relationship aspects of themselves. And you have a responsibility to take that power wisely and to use it wisely, to use it to, to heal, not to harm. And that's a huge responsibility that many people don't really take into account. Right. Well, and it's also, it can bring up your own story as well, being in that role. Well, it will. Yeah. It will, absolutely. So you get the opportunity to do your own healing. 100%. So just in terms of language in a relationship, having a common language and definitions of the words you're using allows for growth in a way that not having it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And within a relationship, within that container, there's such an opportunity for growth and change. If two people are committed to relating and to reciprocity, to back and forth, and to understanding the other and the other's position in the relationship, it's really the most powerful healing situation that can happen. I mean, it's what happens in psychotherapy. I mean, that the whole point of psychotherapy is that you build a relationship, and in that relationship is the containment for you to be vulnerable, you as the patient, mm. and to risk. Right, a safe container, a safe, unbiased container. I also wanted to talk about what I found the most important thing in a relationship that makes it flow more easily, is that when I relate to someone, what I am really doing is showing them how I perceive Hmm, tell me and more so about you're that. showing me how you perceive. And if we are in a relationship, we're relating to each other, knowing that what I'm saying is my perception of my reality or your reality, and yours is your perception of my reality or your reality, then we both know that we're talking about how we see. Versus what do we tend to do when we're not doing that? What's the opposite? We don't say, I see you this way. We say, you are. Right. But what you're saying is that is actually just your own perception. Exactly. And in shifting that language, you can create immense container for healing. And, and, and in doing that, it actually removes the emotional charge that is in any interaction. So it puts the conversation on a whole nother level. So if I say, I see you as not working that hard, that will sound different to you than me saying, you're not working very hard. Hmm. Yeah. And then you know it's my perception. And so then we're on a, a level playing field talking about perception, not talking about you and me. Right, because the the latter creates a defensiveness. And immediately I'm wanting to defend or however or you, we or would react to that. You're feeling attacked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's an interesting thing because um, when you talk about your perception, it puts the conversation in another dimension, sort of where each person in the interaction can, by owning his or her own perception, we can then see how emotions color our interactions. So it separates out the emotion from the perception. Right. And that, to me, is a really powerful tool. Right. Can we flesh that out a little bit sure. more? I think this is so important to kind of reiterate. So how does it specifically separate the emotion. Can you talk us through that? So if I say that I see you in this certain way, and there's an emotion attached to that, and you know that I'm simply labeling how I perceive you, 
I'm not calling you a name. I'm not attacking you. I'm saying this is how I see you. That may hurt you or it may, you may take it in a certain way, but I'm talking about me, not about you. So that alters the whole interaction. And the way it separates out the emotion is that whatever emotion is there is my emotion. Let's just imagine an interaction that has to, has some name calling in it or what would be perceived as name calling. If we know that the conversation is about perception, not about name calling, then I have to own my own emotions. I, I can't project them onto you and say you're lazy or you're dirty or you're ugly or whatever it is. You're acting like an idiot. I see you as acting like an idiot is very different from me saying you're acting like an idiot. Mm -hmm. One's an accusation. One is me owning my perception. Mm -hmm. And so in owning my perception, I have to own inside of myself whatever emotion is connected to that. Right. And you have to own whatever emotion is in you, in me saying, I see you as so-and-so. For sure. Because if there is any emotional reaction that might come up, it makes it almost a lot clearer that it's not you that is the emotion. It's an emotion that's within me. So if the relationship is based on strength, and I find that this particular way of talking strengthens a relationship by saying, I, this is how I perceive it. You can speak truth and the other person will hear it. So it's my truth that I see you this way. It doesn't have to be your truth. Right. So you don't have to take it on. Right. And then it lowers the, the barriers. It lowers the guard. And it lowers the emotional intensity. Right. I'm just thinking about, you know, between my husband and I, if we are at each other's throats, then all we're doing is just feeling hurt and feeling our own emotions and they're blurring together and whatever. But if we then talk about, well, how do you see the world right now? Oh, well, now all of a sudden I can hear you. I'm and if you literally interested. use those, I see, I'm just telling you how I see it. I'm yeah. telling you how I see it. I'm not saying you are this. I'm saying this is how I see you. Mm -hmm. And you could say something like, well, why do you see me that way? Right. And that allows us to then come to a, um, I, I don't know how to say it other than it's a more healing way of interacting. Right, because you can you can get to understanding. Whereas before, the emotion would just take over and there would be no clarity, no understanding. But if, if you're then talking about, you're sharing, the, you're communicating with the same language, you're not in two different paradigms at each other's throats. But if you're in using the same language, describing your perception, then you can understand what it is. And you might have a very different emotion that comes afterwards. Then so you can understand your, the person you're relating with better and understand yourself better. And it separates you from your emotion so you can see that the other person's perception, there may be some truth to it. Right. But it's their perception. Right. And it's not who you are, it's how they perceive you. Mm -hmm. I feel like this could also apply just to anything, not just talking to about if there's like a, a discord towards each other, but if you even have a, a disagreement about a particular subject where you're not talking about each other, but you're talking about a subject, you can still say, okay, well, this is how I see it rather than this is how it is. Exactly. Yeah. Or you could even say, this is how it is for me. Mm. And and particularly in this environment now with people going at each other, mm -hmm. there's really no need for that. I mean, we can at some point agree to disagree. It sounds like it would be so much less emotionally charged to agree to disagree when you actually understand. 
uh, through having this discussion. Cause I've, I've heard and experienced where sometimes a discussion can get heated and it ends in a, well, let's, we agree to disagree. And there's still a lot of emotion there and nobody has really resolved anything. And there's seems like even more disconnection. But if you have an honest communication by saying, this is how I see it. This is how I see it. Why do you see it that way? Why do you see it that way? And oh, okay. We can agree to disagree. But I, you also then have a common ground for the foundation of that conversation is really about your own perception. It's not about the subject. Yes. <laughs> You're actually talking about your perception. Right. And the subject is just... It's just a way to explain your perception. Right. How interesting. And so that's a common ground. Yeah. And it also allows each person in the conversation to take responsibility. Right. Take responsibility for their perceptions and also take responsibility for any emotional reaction they may have inside of them because they yes. cannot then project it onto somebody or burst out at somebody. Or It just doesn't work. No. But the, like this is exactly what you're talking about. This is how a relationship can become a container for healing that even you can be talking about the most heated subject in politics right now, and it could still be a container for healing because you're actually just talking about your perceptions. You're not only having a container, but you're actually connecting on the level of perception. Yes. You both agreed to talk about perception. Right. It's, it's not that different from looking out at a, or looking at a piece of art. Right. And saying, well, I see that this has this meaning to me, and you can say, well, this has that meaning to me or whatever, but you're both looking at the same piece of art. It's not that different. And it's not so easy to do, but it provides for a cooling down in terms of the interaction if there's a lot of emotion involved. 100%. So I think when you are faced with such intense emotions on a charged subject, it can feel impossible to cool down. But if you have a tool to do that through, okay, well, let's shift this to using the language of I see it this way. And that's, that's a tool. And, but really articulating that this is how I see it. I mean, really being clear. And, you know, the responsibility of one in a relationship is basically to relate. And so when, when the relating stops, then it's over. Mm. So no healing is happening. It just seems to me that, and I've, I've done this for many years to just say, this is how I perceive it. It just seems to bring down the, the temperature in any interaction. Mm. And I think for me, a relationship requires truth, responsibility, commitment, and foundation. So for me, the foundation is the commitment to relate. You can't just walk out, I'm leaving you, that sort of thing, that doesn't work. Responsibility actually comes by saying, this is how I perceive it. You're now taking responsibility for your own truth. Mm -hmm. And you're entitled to your own truth. And most of our truths are really are just perceptions. Sure, absolutely. We tend to forget that because <laughs> it is emotionally charged, but it is. Our, our own view of the world is simply our own view. So I think that by saying that, I mean, in terms of anyone's perception is that person's perception without question. So that's their truth. So you're not taking their truth from them and they're not taking yours from you. And for me, that's how you separate your emotions from action. So the emotions are not driving the interaction. Right. They're driving your internal feeling state, perhaps, mm -hmm. but you're not putting them on another person. You're simply saying, this is how I perceive. Right. And I think this is how you really rewire your brain. 
particularly in an interaction. Absolutely. And so the, the interaction comes from a place of truth, not emotion. Right. And I also want to kind of speak to the truth part for a moment, if we can. The truth is a present truth of a combination of your perceptions and your level of healing and your experiences. And that truth can evolve and mold over time as you change your perceptions, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I think sometimes people can get caught up in, you know, we can get caught up in, well, this is my truth. And that's, it's true. It's fact. That's that. But through transformational therapeutics, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you very much understand that that truth can change dramatically in a split second if you just start to see something differently. So also recognizing that in this relating that it's a personal truth now and that and it's a personal perception now. Right. And the whole point of relating is perhaps to change that perception. Yes. I mean, that's the whole point. Yes. And in changing that, you're actually changing the wiring in your brain. Mm. And that happens over time in the continued back and forth. And it's so the reciprocity for me is, is vital. You can't really consider yourself to be relating if you're not having a back and forth between two, two people or two beings. Mm. If I'm just dictating to you, that there's not reciprocity. Mm. And that can happen temporarily. I mean, that happens a lot with parenting. But it doesn't mean, let's say a parent is dictating to a child, let's assume it's in a healthy way. It doesn't mean the child can't also reply or have reciprocity and still do the action that the parent is asking them to do. Mm. It doesn't mean you just shut up. You still have a back and forth. Right. And, and that to me is so vital. And to be heard. Yes. To say to the kid, you know, I hear you don't want to do this and you're going to. Right. But I do hear you. This is really hard. Right. And that's, you're entitled to feel the way you're feeling and you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> but that's so, that's so important. I think that if a, if a child has their thoughts or feelings on a subject that can be difficult in the parental role, thinking that they should feel and think how they want them to as well. But really the thinking and feeling is their own. Right. It's the action that they're exactly. really working with. Exactly. And they're entitled to have an emotional reaction to what you're asking them to do. Absolutely. That's, that's healthy and normal. And they're entitled to articulate it and to be heard. Right. I mean, how many of us as adults say, oh, I just don't want to go to work today. Yeah. But we do it anyway. Right. Right. So we Kids I mean, that's deserve Lauren that did. same opportunity to go, oh, I don't want to clean my room, <laughs> but I'm going to learn that I have to do it anyway. That's a great story. There was a woman that I studied with years ago, and she talked about her daughter, who was a teenager, cleaning her room. And the daughter was resisting it hugely. And the mother said, you are going to clean your room. You can clean your room with a smile, or you can keep complaining, but you are going to clean your room. And so she gave the child choice mm. on one level, but on the other level, she was still going to do the action. Mm. So she had emotional freedom, which yeah. was, yeah. which I think is she super had the choice. I, yeah. Yeah. So there was something else I wanted to talk about just in terms of relating. Many times in life, I've just because of the profession I'm in, people have asked me a question and I will say, well, you know the answer. Because I want them to get it from inside of themselves. I don't want to provide it. I want them to own their knowledge. 
And if the other person says they don't know the answer, that to me is a full stop in relating. Hmm. So if I say, well, you do know the answer to this, and the other person says I don't, that's a full stop, because where can I go with that? If the other person says, really, I, I don't know where to find it, can you help me? Then, then reciprocity is set up in the relationship. It's not a full stop. So it re really requires the back and forth, as, as is in the definition, the bringing back, the carrying back. Sure. Well, it's interesting because that I feel like in that context, you could use a bit of creativity. If there's a safe relationship back and forth, each person could be creative to get them to feel safe enough to explore or ask for help or keep going or whatever. And maybe find a different question. Okay, this question didn't, didn't really land. What if I change the words and change it in a different way? Can I connect to them that way? But you could ask them, how can I say it? Did, what is it that you're not getting? How can I help? That sort of thing. Because the disconnect is the, is the thing that is deadly. Mm. And I have often, I mean, I ask questions all the time. And I found many times that um, people look at my question as a challenge. And for me, a question is not a challenge. It's an invitation to a journey. Mm. That's just how I define it. Yeah. But most people don't. And so I found I've gotten into trouble because I'll ask someone a question, and, and I mean it. I'm totally innocent. I'm curious. And they are threatened by it. Mm. But for me, the question is, it's a way of going on a journey together somewhere because I can learn from you. Mm. So then by using this, um, the subject of today's episode, you could say, I see questions as an opportunity to go on a journey. Would you be willing to go on this journey with me? And if they say, oh, well, I see questions as a threat because anytime my parents asked me a question, I was threatened or whatever their story is around questions, then you can understand, oh, well, you're not actually threatened by me. And they can see, oh, you're not actually threatening me. And you can move forward together. And also that comes up in the power differential in a relationship. Oftentimes, if someone sees you as more powerful than they are, and you ask them a question, they can feel threatened. So perhaps me saying ahead of time, I just see it as I'm just curious, I just want to know. Yes, yes. I recently, one of my, my best friends, she asked me a question, we have some different political views. And she asked me a question. And she said, really, honestly, no judgment. I'm just so curious. Like, I, I just want to see, because I trust you. And I, I know who you are. And I'm really curious to see how you you see this side. And how you perceive how it. How you perceive it. She wanted to see, how do I see it? Because she's like, I want to learn. Like, there is absolutely no judgment and you don't have to answer if you're not comfortable. But just that right ahead of time, letting me know that it wasn't a threat. Because sometimes a question in that, that regard can feel like a little threatening in today's day and age. So that's really interesting. This is, this is great, Dana. Can we recap just to, we've covered so many different facets of the term relationship. What are, what are the main key points? The first key point is having the commitment to relate to somebody and not collapse and walk out on a relationship. The second one is to know and then to articulate that how, that you're in your talking to someone, 
You're telling them your perception. This is how I perceive ABC. And if you preface pretty much everything you say, it changes how that is received by the other person. And then the third thing is that the back and forth of reciprocity is the most important thing. You know, oftentimes when I worked with children, it was finding a way to get a response and get the reciprocity back and forth. It was, that was incumbent on me as the adult to do that. Right. You had to get creative yes. and see how can you how I reach could them. entice them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So I think those are the three most important things. This is wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Rebecca. If you enjoyed this episode and got something out of it, and you can think of three people who would benefit from seeing relationship differently in this way. If you have friends that are interested in going on journeys with you and joining in, it could be so fun and valuable to send this episode to some friends or your partner or work relationships and then have a discussion about it. Like talk about these things, see how you see relationships even. That could be a really fun exploration. So take a moment and send this episode to at least three people through a text. Just grab the link, send it through a text, an email, post it on social media. And if you want to uh, support this show, just take a moment and hit subscribe. Give us a review and a five-star rating. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week.